You're listening to the Strength Breakdown. And we're in. Welcome back. This is the first full proper episode of this podcast. We now have a name. If you listen to the previous episode, this episode that I have numbered as episode zero because it's just a random uh, bit of information from me, a bit of a, a waffle on who I am as a coach and a person and where I come from and everything. But I was working under a yeah a working title, which was Do Not Remove This Podcast. But since then, I've come up with a name. I took one of the names from the list that I read out in that episode zero. And here we go. This is the Strength Breakdown. All right, rolling straight in with our topic. Our topic today is warm-ups. I've chosen this because pretty much warm-ups is the first thing that happens for any practice, right? Straight away, once we get there, once we get get the athletes together, we start the warm-up. And for me, as a strength coach, this is exactly the first thing that I do. And this is actually a fairly big part of what I do on a daily basis, is getting the, the guys ready for the ice and getting the guys ready for lifting or, or whatever the, the main body of the session is. And I think it's it's true for every coach. Uh, I see a lot of different trends in warm-ups and I see a lot of different attitudes towards warm-ups. Like some players, some athletes and some coaches, whatever, take like half of their session on warm-ups. I have actually seen it where you have an hour-long practice and the players are spending 30 minutes warming up. On the other side, on the flip side, I also see players and athletes and coaches, again, who don't really put much thought into the warm-up at all. And it's like warm-up is five minutes and boom, we're straight into the session. So I wanted to kind of address that in a way and give a blueprint that can be applied to to any practice session um, regardless of your time frame, regardless of the topic as well. This is like a, a blueprint so to help you design the, the warm-ups effectively. And if you're an athlete, this is something to consider when you get to the gym or even when you get to the, to, to the paddock or you, when you start your training with your team or with your individual sport. It's just things that you should really think about. If your coach isn't doing these, maybe you know, suggest, hey, can we, can we look at this kind of thing? But yeah, that's why I've picked warm-ups. And uh, let's go with it. Let's open it up some more. So I'll start off by saying that everything that I'm talking about today comes from the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Uh, there are many publications on warm-ups. There's a lot of research papers on warm-ups and on this particular type and this particular protocol and framework of uh, of warm-ups this most of the information when i was researching and when i was gathering the bits for it for this episode it comes from their book the essential guide to strength and conditioning and it's the fourth edition that i own so let's start at the top with why so why do we need to warm up now, I don't need to cover too much on this, I think. I think it's pretty universal. 
uh, pretty universally accepted why warm-ups are important and that their main function is to reduce risks of injury throughout practice and uh, sort of long-term practice and increasing performance. But a couple of points from this book by uh, uh, NSEA as to why they're important. A couple of things that maybe, maybe are new, but uh, some considerations when you're thinking, should I warm up, should I not warm up? So, so the first point here is under why we warm up uh, is that it can increase our muscle contraction speed. So we can get a faster muscle contraction throughout practice, which obviously is going to have a direct impact on our performance. We're also looking at improvements in rate of force development and reaction time as well as improvement in muscle strength and power, increases of blood flow and muscle activation, uh, enhanced me metabolic reactions. And something that maybe people don't consider all that much is the increase in psychological preparation for the performance. So the warm-up also should be really used to get the athletes in a position where they feel like they're good to perform and they want to perform they're confident to do it uh, and also that they're focused on the practice. Moving in to the main body of this protocol. So the name of the protocol is RAMP. So it stands for Raise Activation Mobility and Potentiation. Or potentiation. I'm not entirely sure if my pronunciation of that is right, but that's what it stands for anyway. Uh, so I'll break these things down and discuss them a bit. But this is really what you need to think about when you're planning a practice and you're planning a warm-up or if you're whether you're a coach or an athlete, when you're hitting the gym, when you're hitting the training field or whatever, th this is what you need to consider. Am I hitting each of these, these points when I'm warming up? Is my warm-up effective according to this? But let's look into it anyway. Let's break it down already and see what it all means. So raise, the raise phase. Typically this was, well, I say typically this should be and this is the first thing that would happen in your warm-up. And the idea here, as the name might suggest, is that we're looking at raising the body temperature, raising the heart rate, raising respiration rates and blood flow, and raising the joint fluid viscosity. All things that need to happen in our body before we can advance and before we can start performing uh, at, a, at a high level and at the level that we, that we want to. So like I said, it's the first thing in the whole warm-up that we do. Uh, typically, it should be aerobic in nature. So we're not doing sprints. We're not doing something that's anaerobic. It should get you breathing because one of the points there is to increase respiration rate, which is your breathing rate, and to increase blood flow. So all of that is combined, and your heart rate, so all of that is combined to your cardiovascular system. So we want it to be aerobic in nature, low intensity, because we're not ready for the high intensity stuff just yet. Um, and something that I see often with this is that Athletes will just go for a run or, or a cycle. Or if you're a bodybuilder, 
What I always find funny is that you see them on the treadmill. The treadmill is at an incline and they're just going for a walk. I mean, fine, sure, big boy, if that's what works for you. But in terms of sports uh, and in terms of training with athletes and in terms of training with um, people who want to get to a high performance level, why should we get them to run? Why should we just get them, you know, just go for a run around the track? I think if we do that, we're missing a big chunk of uh, of the time that we're spending with them, and we're missing an opportunity to learn and to teach about the game and to improve our skills. But also, you have to think about it that we can really work on the fundamental uh, movements for the game or for the practice that's coming up as well. So something that I do often with the guys with the hockey team that I coach is that we play small games. We might play a game of basketball with small sides, a game of football or something that gets their brain working, gets them thinking about playing in a team, gets them thinking about looking for space and things like that. When I've been coaching rugby, we, as a standard in the rugby club that I've been involved in, as a standard, the warm-ups there, the raise phase of the warm-ups there, always have something to do with ball handling so we are focusing very much on the skill before or at the same time as preparing the body and warming the body up for there so coaches don't waste time sending your athletes for a run get them to work on skills get them to work on fundamentals of the game and you will see quite a huge difference and i'm speaking from experience there with that one. It's always worth thinking outside the box with these kind of things. The next section is the A and the M of the ramp. And these things, uh, usually they're considered to be done at the same time. That's activation and mobilization. Or activate and mobilize. Uh, it can be considered then to be the stretching component of the warm-up. Uh, and this is something I've weirdly seen that this is where people start. Some athletes that I've, that I've worked with, this is where they want to start. They just want to start doing stretching and doing these fancy stretches that, that they see uh, online. But, you know, the thing is that it's more beneficial for them if they already have an increased blood flow to the muscles. They can get more out of it again. But, yeah, typically this is the stretching part of the of the warm-up and it's important to note that by stretching i'm referring to dynamic stretching and movement-based activations so we're not doing static stretching here there's uh, a lot of debates as to the benefits of static stretching in a warm-up uh, but generally speaking most people most coaches would consider them not to be so effective in a uh, in a warm-up setting so dynamic stretches really is where we want to be looking at and dynamic activation is where we want to want to look so you should be really considering again when you're planning the activation phase and the mobilization phase you should be considering uh, the movements that that you're going to face in the main practice so let's take in the gym, we're doing a leg day, we're going to be doing squats and lunges. So our dynamic stretches should really be based around squats and lunges. 
And of course, another consideration for this is this is a good time to focus on specific activations and mobilizations for areas. So let's say an athlete who has an injury and needs to do some mobilization to get them to move normally. This is the, the bang on perfect time to get that going. Um, and a nice little uh, quote here from the NSCA from the book that I mentioned, the essentials of strength and conditioning is exercise should be designed to contribute to the preparation of the up and coming session, but also enhance athletes overall movement capacities. So essentially what it's saying is when you're picking your stretches, when you're picking your movements for the activation and the mobilization, you want it to be specific to what they're doing, but at the same time we want to be looking at uh, improving their general movement abilities. So we might be practicing movement patterns as well as increasing our range of motion and our, our flexibility. But yes, the A and M is activation and mobilization. So the first three sections of the warm-up is raise, activation, and mobilization. And then we move into potentiation. So potentiation is where we focus hard on getting to the performance level. So starting off where we're feeling quite warm, but then when we're really pushing to get where the athletes feel like I can play a game and I can perform at the level that I want. So often this is like, it starts off me, sort of medium intensity, but it should end up in a game intensity. So when you're planning that, consider where you want them to be versus where they are now. Uh, in terms of team sports, pretty much what I'd recommend is doing a specific drill here that is just below the level of your practice or the game and then increase it as the drill goes on, increase the, the demands of the game or of the drill to get to a point where they are fired and they're ready to go. I would say psychologically this is the biggest, the part where you put the biggest emphasis on getting them switched on and ready to perform for the game or ready to perform for the practice. But that is it. It's not too difficult. Consider it when you're planning your sessions and you're planning your pre-game rituals, you're planning your pre-game warm-ups, all those kind of things. So really worth considering the ramp protocol there. So that is it actually for me. Short, sharp episode. Here we go. We're done. Uh, please like, rate, subscribe, comment and all of the stuff that you need to do. Uh, and that people like to ask you to do with podcasts. Uh, I do have an Instagram as well, which is The Strength Breakdown. Go check it out. Go give me a follow. And yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.